Good evening, everyone. So very nice to be here with you. And our Wednesdays have been dedicated to Genesis and creation. And uh, so uh, I will continue in that vein until we start our new season of uh, life groups. You need to understand that the Bible was never intended to be a book of science, although the Bible has nothing to fear from uh, the brush of the archaeologist or the microscope of the learned because it contains no scientific error. Bible said the law of the Lord is perfect. The purpose of the Bible is the redemption of mankind. That's the purpose. And, um, and so that's what I want to talk about this. Uh, I'll be different next week, but this week I want to stay on uh, this one task. You think of all this creation and you think of the order that it was given in. What what uh, purpose would there have been to have plants if you didn't have sunshine for photosynthesis? And uh, what good would there have been to have animals if there wasn't something to feed them? And uh, on and on, you watch the sequence and the way the Lord layered it and put it in cadence. It's all according to plan. It's obvious that man was created on the sixth day. Therefore, the only way we could possibly know what happened in day one, two, three, four, and five is by divine revelation. God had to show somebody because there wasn't anybody there to see it. It says in 2 Corinthians 4 and 6, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Only God can command revelatory light to come into our lives. And the secrets of the Old Testament were never given to the Pharisees for one very simple reason. They rejected the baptism of John the Baptist. And um, this is what it says in Luke chapter 3 and verse 4. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet saying. The voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled. Every mountain and hill shall be brought low. The crooked shall be made straight. The rough shall be made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. These, of course, are, are this is a, what John the Baptist quoted. He said, basically, I'm a road builder. I'm going to bring down the mountains. I'm going to lift up the valleys. I'm going to smooth out the rough, and I'm going to straighten out the crooked. I'm going to prepare a highway for our God to show up on. And that's why his message was, Repent, 
because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And um, John said this, John the Baptist said this. It's written in John chapter 1 and verse 31. And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore, am I come baptizing with water? So, um, he's obviously saying, my job is to get you ready to know who the Messiah is. God is going to be manifest or he's going to be shown to Israel. That's why I'm baptizing people. And um, one time uh, they asked Jesus a question and he said, well, let me ask you a question. Was the baptism of John from God or not? And they said, well, we better be careful how we answer this because if we say yes, then we're going to look stupid because we didn't allow John the Baptist to baptize us. And if we say no, and it was from God, we're in real trouble. So, so they said, we're not going to answer your question. He said, well, fine, I'm not going to answer yours. And left. But the baptism of John the Baptist was the, the fulcrum. It was the tipping point. And in Luke chapter 7, it says, And all the people that heard him and the publicans justified God being baptized with the baptism of John. But the Pharisees and lawyers rejected the counsel of God against themselves, being not baptized of him. If it's obvious. Um, they, they didn't believe Jesus was Messiah. They did not have the revelation. They did not have the insight. And um, it says in the book of Colossians chapter 2 and verse 3 that in Jesus Christ are hidden all of the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So it's a, it, it's, it's a domino effect. You reject the baptism of John the Baptist, you're not going to get any revelation about the treasures that are in Jesus Christ. So they, they, they just thought he was some guy from, from Nazareth. It says in the book of Hebrews chapter 3, let's, let's talk about Moses. Moses, however, it said he was faithful in all of his house. Because of his faithfulness, he is granted access to the secrets of the Lord. And Moses produced a perfect pattern of things that had been kept secret since the foundation of the world. There's a wonderful scripture um, that says, Israel knew his acts, but Moses knew his ways. Israel was smart enough to realize God had done it, but they couldn't connect the dots. They didn't know how he did it. Uh, for instance, um, you know, uh, the book of Galatians said they are in Egypt for 430 years. But when you read the first chapter of the book of Exodus, it took 300 years for someone to show up that didn't have any idea who Joseph was. So you just subtract 300 from 430 and, uh, and you get a little idea in what we're talking about. The, you know, they, they weren't slaves the whole time they were in Egypt. But for at least 130 years they were. And um, um, 
they, uh, I mean, 130, basically all they did was lay bricks and have kids. And, and, and when they were delivered, the Bible said it's probably, I think, Exodus chapter 17, then cometh Amalek. Um, if you remember the story of Jacob and Esau, um, uh, Jacob's got the blessing, he's got the birthright. And his brother basically says, well, when daddy dies, we might as well dig two holes in the ground because you ain't coming home from the funeral in, with the family. I'm going to kill you there, dad. I'll wait till daddy dies, but I'm going to kill you. And uh, <laughs> so mama got Jacob a bus ticket out of town. And that's where he ends up at Luz, which means a very dry place. That's where he has the, rev, the dream of angels going up and angels coming down. And I, I proved to you in a Bible class some time ago, I, I, I won't do it again tonight, but, but um, we, we have this mental model that Jacob was like some 16-year-old kid when he left home. But he was at least 67. At least 67. And, and if you remember at Luz, uh, he said, if... If God will be with me, and if he will give me clothes to wear, and if he'll make sure I don't starve to death, and if he'll bring me back to my father's house in peace, then he will be my God. And he said, and I'll, I'll, I'll return my tithing. That's what he said. And um, his daddy's Isaac, his grandpa's Abraham, but he has no personal relationship with Jehovah. If you'll do this, 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 and this, then you will be my God. Well, guess what? God did those things and did bless him. And so 27 years later, he's coming back with all these kids and all these herds and all these flocks. And someone said, Esau's coming to kill you. So he took his family and got them safely over here. And as we are so prone to do when there are no other options, uh, we'll pray. <laughs> it's usually our last option many times, but we'll pray. That's where he met the angel. His name was changed to Israel. He met his brother the next day. The Bible said that Esau ran and fell on him. And it, it appears that they reconciled. But that's not completely accurate because Esau has a boy by the name of Eliphaz. Eliphaz has a boy named Amalek. Amalek, of course, grandson of Esau, is the patron saint of the Amalekites. When Israel came out of Egypt, the first battle they had, it said, then cometh Amalek. So it was their own cousins that, 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 that fought with them. This is the place where if Moses' hands are up, they win. But his hands grew weary and, and his hands went down. The, the, you got to understand, you're looking at over 130 years. They don't know how to shoot arrows. They, they're not trained with a sword or, or, or weapons. And they, they, all, the, all they've done is, is, is been masons and, and a nursery. And, and, and um, uh, these, his brother... Aaron and this other man by the name of Hur, they, they got it. Hands down, we lose. Hands up, we win. And they held up his hands 
and they won this great victory. It's obvious they made a connection there. I see what's going on. Now I understand why it's going on. Hands down, we lose. Hands up, we win. They had that, of course, by their association. Walk with wise men, you'll be wise. Moses didn't just know when God did something. He knew how God did it. Why? Because he was perfect in all of his house. And, and it says in Psalm chapter 25, the secrets of the Lord are with them that fear him. And he will show those people his covenant. And so here I go again, declaring the end from the beginning. Isaiah 46, 9 and 10. I am God and there is none else. I am God and there's none like unto me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient time, the things that are not yet done. Saying, listen to this, my counsel is going to stand. If I say this is going to happen, it's going to happen. And I'm going to do everything that brings me pleasure. Okay? Just as an architect draws out, uh, we, we, we've got prints for this building you, you, you should, you, it's a big old roll because they, they call them schedules and, 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 and you gotta, you gotta have an entire set of plans just for where you're gonna let run the electrical wires. And you gotta have a whole set of plans for where you're gonna put the plumbing pipes. And you gotta have a whole set of plans for the foundations that are under the ground. And, and, and where, where's the water going to go from the, from the fountains and from the sinks? And, and you've got to have another plan for, for these beams and that. And on and on and on it goes. And it's just when, when an architect draws out a building, he produces an entire blueprint of that building. And that's, this is what Genesis is. It, is. it is the blueprint of everything that God Watch, intended to accomplish. Because it says in Romans chapter 4 and verse 17, the God that we serve calls things that are not as though they are. So uh, in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 4, it doesn't say these are the days. It says these are the generations of the heavens and of the earth in the day were created. Uh, I, I, I did... A couple months ago on, on those opening in the beginning, God created. And the, the, the word create is a Hebrew word, bara. And uh, um, there's, but, but it said God made this and God made. There's, there is a vast, a world of difference between the word create and the word make. The, 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 word, the word create means to cause to exist, but, but to make means to, to, to produce it, to bring it to a point of accomplishment. And, and that's why I've said this through the years and I, 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 I think you've got it. His plan is finished. The blueprint is completely drawn, but the work is not finished. He planned it all out in the beginning. He declared literally the end from the beginning, but we're not at the end yet. And, and, and um, 
So uh, I, I made mention of this briefly Sunday. You know, it's, you know, every battle of the warrior is with confused noise and garments rolled in blood. And then you have this great verse, but unto us, a child is born. Look, 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 look at Isaiah. Most people never read nine and five, but nine and five of Isaiah is, is a horrendous verbal description of a, of a, of a, a, clump, a horrible battle. Garments rolled in blood and, and, and just this, this horrible uh, display of things dying and, and just, and yet right after that, but, but unto us, a child is born. In other words, everything else can be an absolute catastrophe, but not us. Unto us, a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and government shall be upon his shoulder, and you will call his name Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Watch, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. That's the word of the Lord. Which, which, which you know, I, I, um, Ashley, sometimes we, uh, we just simply call her half empty. That's what we call her, because I love Ashley, but, but she sees the negative every time. The glass is always half empty with Ashley. And so I've tried to be a half full kind of guy. And really, I'm both here tonight, because uh, I, I would like to be optimistic every time I preach. And I, I, I want people leaving church feeling encouraged and enthused and motivated. And, and I can do that if you're in the body of Christ. Because there is a promise. He's, he, you know, this government that we're dealing with is a mess right now. It's a mess. You know, can't blame this on George Bush. Can't blame this on Obama. Can't blame it this one on Trump. This one, this one belongs to President Biden. His, his, his rating today was 40, 43%. That's really bad, you know? And uh, this was gonna be the guy that was gonna listen to everybody. But, but, but that's what Trump said. And, and you know, Obama, it's like, how, how was all that hope and change? How'd all that work out for you, you know? And then, and then you had the Bushes. And all, I, I, I'm not here to be a, be a Republican or a Democrat. I'm just telling you, we're crazy to expect legitimate answers from political figures. Their government is diminishing, but his government is increasing. And of the increase of his government and peace, there'll be no end. Which tells me if you're in the body of Christ, hey, it's a good day now, but it's gonna be a better day tomorrow. But if you're not in the body of Christ, it, the glass is half empty. It's, it's going to get worse. And if you can't see, the, this is a, to me, this is a dry run. This is a dry run. This COVID thing and all the other things that are attached to it. This is, this is I, 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 I mentioned the tattoo thing. It's mainstream now. I, I don't know what the mark of the beast is going to be, but it is obvious it is going to be some kind of mark. And, and if you don't have it, you're, you, you're not going to be able to buy stuff. You're not going to be able to sell stuff. 
If, if I, I'm, I'm not a TV guy, but I'm a YouTube guy. I love YouTube. You, you, you don't have to go to college anymore. Just go to YouTube. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm learning stuff every week on YouTube. Every week. My, my, my refrigerator broke. The ice machine broke. And so I called the people that, 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 that I got the fridge from. Home, home. That's my second home. That's Home Depot. That's my second home. I called Home Depot. Hey, I, and they said, well, we'll give you the service number. So I call it and they said, well, we can fix your fridge for 600 bucks. It's like, I only paid 800 bucks for the fridge. But that ice machine's a big deal in our house. So I get on YouTube and I type in the, the, the model of my fridge and how do you fix an ice tray on this fridge? And I, I bought a piece of plastic for eight bucks. And in 10 minutes of watching YouTube, I learned how to take my fridge apart, put the part in there, bam, all of a sudden ice machine works. Eight bucks compared to $600. You who are YouTube, you know, you just, have you noticed this off grid thing? This is, this is, this is, this is not stopping. People are frightened. Why? Because the average city, this city, like any other city, has an average of three days of groceries in the stores. If the trucks quit running in three days, you don't believe that, then you have forgotten the toilet paper shortage. All right? It's just, so there's a Jim Baker. You remember Jim Baker? Jim and Tammy Baker, the PTL people years ago? He's, he's a multimillionaire now. Why? Because he's selling dried food that'll, that, that'll last you for 25 years. And the, the people are buying this, they're buying pallets of this stuff. They're, 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 they're storing up guns and, 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 and ammunition and food and we're going to get off grid and, and we're going to have our own chickens and we're going to have our own water. And why? They're afraid. There's this, there's this fear of coming. I'm not buying that stuff. That, that stuff's genetically modified. And, 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 and I'm, I'm, I don't care if the mark of the beast comes. I'm still going to be able to have eggs. And I'm still going to have this and I'll, on and on and on. And it's just, you could just see this coming. Very soon I'll get this vaccine because I can't travel without it. And I have a license to preach the gospel to the world. So I'm going to travel and preach. That's what I'm going to do. Said if you eat any deadly thing, it won't harm you. So whatever your opinion is on the vaccine, that's fine. I'm going to do it simply because I want to keep preaching. And, and I'll just leave the rest of it in the hands of the Lord. But, 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 but it's pretty obvious it's coming at me. You don't have that. You're not getting on a Delta plane. That is the dry run of it coming to a point. It's conditioning people right now. If you don't have this, then you can't do that. And all this fear and anxiety, and it, it, this, this is not going to stop. Why? Because in his world, peace is going to increase. But outside of the kingdom of God, peace is diminishing and it's going to continue to diminish. The Bible said men's hearts are going to fail them for fear. It's just you, you can see all that going on right now. And so 
you know, here's Genesis 1 and 31. And God saw that everything he had made, behold, it was very good. What's that mean? It means he looked at the plan and said, yep, that's a great set of blueprints. Now let's get to work doing what we planned. And, and, and he saw the fall of Lucifer. He saw the fall of man. His work was marred. It was without form. It was wasted. But that's not going to alter his purpose. Why? He said, my counsel is going to stand. I intend to have people that are going to please me and bring me pleasure. And I'm going to fix this problem. So in order to remedy the wrong, you, you've, you've got to have uh, a substitution. Because, listen, the, the purpose, you know, the big philosophical question, who am I and why am I here? It's answered in the book of Revelation chapter 4 and verse 11. All things were created by him and for him and for his pleasure they were created. If we don't bring pleasure to our God, I don't care what you accumulate in this lifetime, it's never going to scratch where you itch. There's a God blank in your spirit that will never be filled without pleasing him with your life. And and so to accomplish this, fallen man had to be purchased or redeemed. And so you've got to have a sacrifice and a substitute. This, this is all in the plan. Because it says in Acts 15 and verse 18, known unto God are all of his works from the beginning of the world. He knew all this starting out. And, and that, that's why I've always been fascinated with the book of Genesis. Let me give you an example, and, and I'm just going to scratch the surface here tonight, but let me, uh, I, I, we'll, we'll bring out some old treasures and some new treasures, but let, let me just give you an example of how rich the word of the Lord, just about, just about the time you think you've got a verse exhausted, all of a sudden there's new insight and new revelation, and you go, oh, I never saw that before. And, and here's Genesis 1, 26 and 27. God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. That's why you ought to catch fish. Over the fowl. That's why you ought to shoot ducks. You know, that's why you eat beef. Sorry, Andrew. And uh, Bob Lichtel told Andrew Hill one time, and, and let's face it, Andrew's a whole lot skinnier than I am. And, uh, but Bob Lickle told Andrew, he had a salad there and he said, Andrew, that's not food. That's what food eats. You know, I'm saying, you see these, I, I wasn't given these for salad, you know, and over all the earth and over creeping things that creepeth upon the earth. So God create, watch. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. This, was, this is still real to me because it was, a, it, was a, it was the elephant in the room thing to me when I saw this. Everything that God made, he spoke to where that thing came from. He, he, he never said, let there be vegetation. It's in Genesis 1 and verse 11. He said, let the earth bring forth. 
He, he never said, let there be fish. It's in Genesis 1 and 20. He said, let the water bring forth abundantly. And when God made man, he did not break his pattern. He spoke to where man came from. He spoke to himself. The Bible said when he could swear by none greater, he swore by himself. And that is why whenever you take what God made out of where it came from, it always dies. When you take trees and plants out of earth, they die. When you take fish out of water, they die. And when you take men and women out of God where they came from, they always die. That's why it says in Acts 17, in him we live. In him we move. In him we have our being or our reason for existence. You know? And so uh, here's another way to look at those verses. Uh, think, think of the world, the created world as a building. And beneath every building... There has to be a foundation. So the foundation that the world sits on is the word. It says in the book of Psalms 104 and verse 5, He spake or who laid the foundations of the earth. Here's 33 and 9. He spake and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. Watch, here's Revelation 13 and 8. The Lamb, capital L, the Lamb slain, watch, from the foundation of the world. Now, in John 1 and 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You're familiar, I would hope by now, that in your King James Bible... There are two original words for the one English word, word. There is a Greek word called logos. That's the word that's translated John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the logos. The logos was with God. But in Romans 10, it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And even though in English it's the same four letters, in the original language it's not. It's rhema. And, 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 and that word means personalized word. In other words, it's not enough for you just to come to church and listen to me speak. You have to say, that's for me. That's where faith comes from. Faith will not come just because you go to church and listen to preachers. You have to personalize the word because faith comes by rhema when you say, that's for me. And that's a totally different concept than logos, which most of the time it's translated word. But it's also translated mind, will, or plan. So I'm grammatically correct if I say, in the beginning was the plan. The plan was with God and the plan was God. So listen again, the lamb is slain from the foundation of the world. The created universe sits on the foundation of the word. 
So in the foundation or in the plan from the beginning is Calvary. All right? Now watch this. This is Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 4. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. Calvary was from the, or it was in the plan. But according to Ephesians 1 and 4, he chose us in him before anything else. That ought to tell you how much he values you. That ought to tell you how much, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a scripture. I think one's in Matthew and one's in Luke. I, I can't retrieve the exact, um, a little boy years ago here said, Pastor, what, what's the address of that scripture? What's the address? I, I, I can't retrieve the address of it. But one time Jesus said, uh, are not are not two sparrows sold for a penny or a farthing. But then in another place, he said, are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? And you go, wait a minute. If you get two sparrows for a penny, you ought to get four sparrows for a penny. But that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said you get two. See, this, this, is, this, is, the, this is the diet of the very poor people, that all they could afford were sparrows. They sold them in the market. I've been in markets around the world. Oh, buddy, they got stuff. Mmm. I'm not kidding you, man. I've seen fried grasshoppers and fried bugs and and crawling worms. I've seen big giant tanks of snakes and and, and alive. And they just, mmm. I, I, I can't imagine eating a sparrow. But if you don't have a lot of money. You ever heard of a baker's dozen? You know, you get 13. I guess Krispy Kreme don't do that. They, I wish they would. <laughs> if you're willing to buy a dozen, we'll throw in a 13th donut. That's what he's talking about when he talks about fifth sparrows. If you're willing to spend a penny, I'll give you two sparrows. But if you're willing to spend two pennies... I'll throw in a fifth sparrow to sweeten the deal. But this is what Jesus said. You are of more value than many sparrows. What he was saying was, in my kingdom, there are no fifth sparrows. In my kingdom, everybody's valuable. Everybody matters. Hairs on your head are numbered. Solomon in all of his glory wasn't arrayed like this. It's, a, it's, it's, it's an amazing verse. And, and, and so I, I think here's, you and I were chosen in him before the foundation. And, and most, most writers that I have read after believe that the first prophecy in the Bible is Genesis 3 and 15. When the Lord spoke to Eve and said, I'll put hatred, I'll put enmity between your children and their children. And I'm going to fix this eventually. Remember what he said to Satan? You're going to eat dust for the rest of your life? There's two meanings here. 
That doesn't mean he's just crawling like a snake in dust. But man was made from the dust of the earth. And what he's saying is you're going to chew up humanity. You're going to be a, you're going to be a, a man eater and a woman eater. However, I stick my size 12 on your head. You're going to have a really hard time going, ugh. It's not open up and say, ah, it's, mmm. <laughs> I'm going to step on his head. In the process, I'm going to be injured. But I'm going to, my grandma used to say, squash. Squash, you know. They used to say things were rent. That's bad. That's not ruined, you know. There's a word in the Bible called stankin'. That's the truth. Stink. Stunk, stank. That's true. Remember that manna? It said, if you try to hoard it, it's stankin'. That's really, that's worse than stink. You know? Think of the difference between men and women. Women are constantly going, hmm, smell that. Does that smell good? So, you know, I've seen women, you know, spray it. You know, or just fill the whole air and then walk through it. Get it, you know? I'll tell you what guys do. Hey, smell it and tell me that don't stink. You know? (laughs) The difference is amazing. Women love things that smell good. Men love horrible things that just gut-wrenching stench. Stank. (laughs) It's just... Remember Jesus one time? It's in Luke chapter 10. He said... um, I have given you power over all the power of the enemy. I have given you power over scorpions and over serpents. Again, in English, it's the same word, power. I've given you power over all the power of the enemy. But in the original language, it's two totally different words. One's dunamis and the other's charisma. And, and, And one means ability. The other means authority. And what he's saying is the enemy has ability, but I'm going to give you authority over all of his ability. (laughs) I love that. I love that. I'm going to give you power to tread, to walk on serpents and scorpions. A serpent bites you with his head. A scorpion bites you with his tail. Heads or tails. You win. We're going to be able to overcome all of that. And, and, and many people think Genesis 3 and 15 is the first prophecy in the Bible. I don't. I think the first prophecy in the Bible is Genesis 1, 26. Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Did you, did you notice the difference? This, this is what it says. Let us make man in our image after our likeness. But go on. What does it say? So God made man in his image. Whoa, there's something missing here. What happened to the likeness? The plan was image and likeness. But man didn't get the likeness. Man just got the image. There's work to be done. This is one of the earliest revelations I feel God ever gave me. Man was made in the image of God. What is God's image? God is spirit. John 4 and 24. No man has seen God at any time. 
Paul, one time writing to Timothy, said, under the king, immortal, eternal, invisible. God is spirit, okay? Well, how can an invisible spirit have something that we look at? We're, we're human. You know, I, I, someone confronted me one time. Man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. I said, are you God? Last time I checked, you're flesh. Don't tell me the outside isn't important. I know the inside is important, but we're, we're men and women. The outside is important to us. And, 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 and this, is, this fascinates me because the question is, well, what's the image of God? And there's many verses to prove it, but the best one that I ever found was 2 Corinthians 4 and 4. In whom the God of this world had blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. God's an invisible spirit. Well, I'm sorry, but I got to have something to look at. Okay, I'm going to give you something to look at. I'm going to put on flesh. How's that? The man, Jesus Christ, was the visible manifestation of the invisible God. I, I, I didn't say that. Jesus said that. You look in John 14 and Philip, this is, this is, this is one of the earliest of his, of his apostles. He said, would you please show us the Father? And Jesus exasperated. He's been with him over two years now. He said, have I been with you all this time and you still haven't figured out who I am? He that has seen me has seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us, show us the Father? He said, the words that I do, I do not on myself. It's the Father that dwelleth in me. See, the theory of the Trinity said, there's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They're co-equal, co-eternal, co-majestic. That's not what Jesus said. He said, I can't do anything unless I've got the Father in me. It's the Father in me that does the miracles. Right. Yeah. Well, this is Bible class, so I'm going I'm to put you on mask and fins. We're going to go a little deeper here tonight. Because this is what it says in Matthew 11 and verse 27. All things are delivered unto me of my Father. And no man knoweth the Son but the Father. Neither knoweth any man the Father, save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. There's only one man who knew who the Father really was, and that's the Son. Simply said, only the Son can reveal who the Father is. Why? Because Father is spirit, Son is flesh. If the Son is God, then God died on the cross. But if you understand Father is spirit and Son is flesh, then you can say that the Spirit dwelt in that body. I didn't say that. Jesus himself said that. It's what's in me that does the works. <laughs> it's, listen again with Revelation. Father is spirit, Son is flesh. So when you say the Son of God, what is the Son? Flesh. What's God? Spirit. So when you say the Son of God, you're saying the flesh that the Spirit wrapped itself in. 
And, 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 and it gets really powerful, you see, because he's saying, the only way I can do what I do is because what is in me. That's why Jesus is much more than just some guy from Nazareth. That body, that son was filled with spirit or father. The father was in the son. That's why he said, nobody is going to know who the father is unless the son shows him. Look, listen to John 14 and verse 6. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the father except by me. That's why he went on and said, there was only one door in the ark, just one. He said, there's just one gate to the sheepfold. Anybody comes in by any way, said they're a liar. What is he saying? If you're going to have the revelation of who God is, you're not going to do that without an understanding of who Jesus Christ is. The son has to reveal who the father is. And, and <laughs> it's, it's, that's what makes Genesis 1, 26 and 27 so powerful. God is spirit, but I'm not. I need something to look at. We need an image. And that's what Jesus Christ is. He's the image of God. Listen to this verse. I'm, this verse, I, for years, has fascinated me. Romans 5 and 14. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. When you read Corinthians chapter 15, it refers to Adam in the garden and Jesus Christ, but it calls them both Adam. The first man was of the earth earthy. The second man was the Lord from heaven. The first Adam was made a living soul. The second Adam was a quickening spirit. It's literally calling Jesus Adam number two. That's why I've always believed that if Adam walked in that door and Jesus walked in that door, you wouldn't know which one was which. I believe they were identical twins. I can't prove that, but I believe that. Why? Because Adam in the garden was made in the image of him that was, God made man in his image before even he himself had that image. God didn't have an image until Bethlehem, but he made Adam in the garden. He just rolled out the blueprints. Mm, that's what I'm gonna look like. Okay, that's what I'm gonna make you look like. And it gets really, it's the, it's the similitude of him that was to come. There's, 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 how do I say this? The work isn't done. It's, it's, let us make man in our image. Now I know one's in Hebrew and one's in Greek, but I'm going to read you Ephesians chapter 1, beginning at verse 3, because I believe the first prophecy is Genesis 1 and 26. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Watch, having predestinated us under the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. Here's one in six. He hath made us accepted in the beloved. Here's one in eight. He hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Here's one in nine. He has made known unto us 
the mystery of his will. I'm convinced the us in Genesis 1 and 26 is the same us in Ephesians 1, 4 through 9. You say, how can you believe that? Listen, he calls things that aren't as though they are. <laughs> and, and, and so it, 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 it's, it, it's very simple. If he chose us, before the foundation of the world, then why is it so, why is it such a stretch to believe that he could speak to us from the foundation of the world? I'm telling you from the beginning, he said, you know what my plan is? You and me are gonna work together because we've got the image. Jesus Christ was the image of God. He was a man, he had a body. Look around you, these are bodies. This is the image of God sitting here. But the plan is not just to have the image. The plan is to have the image and the likeness. And there's only one man that has ever truly attained the likeness of God. And that's what we're after. My daddy died. I've been on the phone for who knows how many hours in the last month. Well, what's the date today? 20 what? 25? 26. 25. A month ago, my dad died on July the 26th. All right? We just buried him August the 17th. So you do the math. That's three weeks. Thank God they didn't open the box. And I say that with respect, mother. But listen to what this says. For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. <laughs> Hallelujah. This mortal is going to put on immortality. This corruption is going to put on incorruption. Likeness. Watch what John, John was there. John, Matthew 17, Peter, James, and John were there when it's called the transfiguration. But now it's, he's almost 100 years old. He's the only one still left alive. I read, I read a great book years ago. They, they, they tried to boil John, but Christians don't boil well because they've already been through a lot of heat. So if you can't boil them, you banish them. All right? You read it. Why did John get in trouble? Because they're saying, Caesar's God, Caesar's God, Caesar's God. And Paul say, no, Jesus God, Jesus God, Jesus God. So they, they banish him to the Alcatraz of his day. And all of a sudden this voice said, I am Alpha, I'm Omega, I'm the beginning, I'm the end, I'm the first, I'm the last, I'm the Almighty. And he's hearing these beings rejoice. And you can read between the lines, we were right! I was right! Caesar is not God! The Lord Almighty Omnipotent reigneth. What are you saying, brother? I'm saying, here's, here's the last verse of the book of Mark. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working 
with them and confirming the word with signs following. I can quote you scripture after scripture that we are in the harness. Take my yoke upon you. Yokes are not individuals. They are dual things. That on the other half of this thing is the big ox that's, that's, that's really pulling the load. We're just coming along for the ride. Why? Because my yoke's easy. You're just walking beside, I'm doing the pulling. Come on, you, all you that are weary, why? You've been doing all the pulling. You've been doing all the lifting. You've been doing all the worrying. How about you cast your cares upon me? Because I care for you. I'm gonna ask you and invite you to come in the harness with me and let us make men, not just in the image, they've already got the image. We're after the likeness. That's why David said, I will not be content until I awake in his likeness. And it's why when John turned around, he said, I saw him. He was like the son of man. The man was he shining. <laughs> Bob Little told me such an amazing story. I thought he was going to tell it at daddy's funeral. and I didn't want to steal his thunder, so I didn't tell it. But he told me this great story. He said, Pastor, when my dad died, I was so distraught. And he said, that night, he said, I had this dream. And he said, there was my dad. And he said, he, he said he wasn't pale. He said, it was like he was tanned. It was like he was in his mid-30s. And he said, he said, look, Bob, look what he did to me. Look what he, and he said, boom, I woke up. And he said, Pastor, I knew. <laughs> I knew. It's okay. It's okay. All right. <laughs> There's a hope. There's a hope in Jesus. My knees are shot, okay? My teeth are falling out. My hair's already falling out. My eyes have been bad since the third grade. But I'm telling you, he's going to change this vile body. Why? Because I have a promise. I've got the image right now. I want the likeness. I want the likeness. Stand. That's the message. That's the message of the book of Genesis. Why did he make all this stuff? For you. God could have made one bird. Could have been a, a starling. Could have been a crow. But there you go. I made birds. He could have made one plant. Could have been a dandelion or poison ivy. There you go. I gave you a plant. Could have made one fish. Could have been a carp or a sucker. No. He gave us walleye and bass and pike and sturgeon and tuna, on and on and on. Listen, Jesus is God in flesh. He had to know to the exact bite how much it would take to feed 5,000. But when he's done, there's baskets that are left over. I always wondered who in the world had the foresight to bring the baskets. I've never heard anybody preach about that, but somebody knew Jesus is there, there's gonna be leftovers. We need a dog bag. How about a basket? I remember years ago, I did a Bible study and, and, and I had this big, giant bag, family chips. Big dude. I cut two inches off the top of the bag, no chips showing. I cut two more inches off the bag, no chips. I cut half the bag away, no chips. I finally got almost 60% of the bag on. We could just see some chips poking out. I said, okay, let me read you the fine print. Contents may. 
may have settled due to shipping. But when this product left our factory, it was vacuum packed. You know what vacuum is? That means you pay for air. And all of a sudden it's on this train, it's on this truck, and all of a sudden they're shaking it when they're putting it on the shelves in Kroger's and it's going... Let me tell you what the Bible says about quality control in heaven. It says before it gets to you that he presses it down. He shakes it. Amen. He stomps it in there. It's, David said, my cup runs over. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, God. Woo. I mean... For goodness sakes, man, this is Michigan. This is Michigan. I already see it happening. I'm telling you, in the next couple of weeks, the, 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 the Van Gogh of the universe is going to paint this one yellow and that one red and this one fuchsia, on and on and on. You ever seen a white birch with yellow leaves? It's, it's, it's amazing. Against conifers and a green background. You want to know why God made all these different kinds of birds? Why he made all these plants? Why he did these seasons? It's for you. Now tell me he's stingy. Now tell me he's a miser. We serve a God of abundance. We we serve a God where the cup's always going to run over. Why in the world someone would not serve a God like that? Wow. Hallelujah. You, You would think by now. This Holy Ghost stuff would be wearing out. I got this thing years ago. You would think it would start wearing out. But it's just as real today as it's ever been. I was talking to somebody today in a store. Absolutely terrified. Terrified. Someone that was vaccinated. Don't get close to me. I don't want I said... Listen, dude, if you're vaccinated, why do, you, why do you care if I wear a mask or not? You ain't going to get this, right? It's just, I don't want to just keep harping on this. The thing that bugs me is the fear. The fear. I ain't living that way. I'm not living that way. If I die tomorrow in Beaumont of COVID, it was my time. All right? But I refuse to go down in terror and fear. (laughs) Lord Jesus, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the richness of your word. I believe that from that first chapter, you spoke to us. From the foundation of the world, your cross was evident. But before the foundation was ever, before the plan was ever, ever drawn out, you loved us. Father, your word says that you chose us. And whoever he chose, he predestined. And whoever he predestined, he would justify. And whoever he justified, he would glorify. I believe that from the beginning, you saw us. You saw us in the crowd. And you chose us, God, to be justified. Amen. And to be glorified. I thank you, Lord, for the promise, the hope, the hope that's in my heart right now that I'm in a safe place and I'm in, a, I'm in the hands of a mighty God. And I ask you, Lord, to allow, this is called a sanctuary. A sanctuary should be a safe place for an endangered species. And I'm asking you, Lord, for this, for this church, 
to be a witness of safety, amen, and a lack of fear, because the opposite of fear is no fear. No, the opposite of fear is love. Perfect love, God. Cast out fear. I ask you, God, right now for an understanding. Thank you for your creation story. But I understand why it was made and I understand why it was all about. You wanted a church from the very beginning. And you said, my counsel will stand. And I will have someone that will bring me pleasure. And this group of people tonight make a covenant corporately tonight in this room. We are going to please you with our lives. So that we can hear, well done. Good and faithful servant. Amen. Amen. Jesus. I had a I had a great call last night from a pastor somewhere, and he said, I just had a missionary. And he said, that missionary said, I was just in a prayer meeting in Sterling Heights. You should have been in that prayer meeting. He said, I have never been in anything like that in the States. And that pastor called me and he said, the reputation of your prayer meeting is going throughout this state. And he said, pastors are wondering, What in the world are they doing in Sterling Heights? I say that not to make you arrogant. I say that to make you confident that what we're doing is right. And you get a reputation. And wouldn't it be wonderful? Not wouldn't it. It is happening that we can literally create hunger in other churches to have a prayer meeting and to petition God. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Father, use this church, Lord, as a pilot program. Use this church, Lord, as an example. I'm asking you, God, right now, to let the reputation of this church be felt around the world. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Father, if there's anyone sick in this room right now, do a mass healing in this room right now. Whatever sickness has invaded any body of anyone in this room right now. Lord, we've worshiped. We've taught the word. We've done our best to create the right recipe. You said you sent your word and healed them. You said you watch over your word to perform it. I'm asking you and I'm believing you, God, right now. There's cancer in this room. Some know it, some don't know it. Evict it, get rid of it, Lord. There are family situations. There are marriages under attack. There are children that are trying to decide, am I gonna serve the Lord or not? I'm asking God to keep that boy away from the wrong girl. I'm asking to keep that girl away from the wrong boy. I'm asking you, God, to put a hedge. A foundation beneath us, a hedge around us, a canopy of prayer protection over us. I don't want to lose any of our kids, Lord. I've been investing in these kids for years. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. We were in a meeting. I say this and I'll hush up. We were in a meeting a couple days ago. And somehow we got on Esther Spicer. Esther Spicer. And these... Young people in that room said, she just called me. 
Another one said, yep, she just called me too. And she said, I love you. I'm praying for you and I believe in you. And Esther, you've established a reputation in the young people of this church that you love them and that you're standing by them. That doesn't happen everywhere. I just smile when I hear stuff like that. It's like, yes, yes. You watch over these kids. Listen, Satan's going to send our kids something that's almost perfect. I mean, that girl's going to be drop dead beautiful. She's going to be easy on just one little problem. She's a little carnal. Okay. That boy might look like Brad Pitt, for goodness sakes. It's just one problem. He's carnal. All right. I don't want our boys. I want our boys to win the girls. I want our girls to win the boys. I don't want the world winning our kids. Please pray, love on our young people, hug on them, care for them. Let's work together in image and likeness. I love you. Good night. Been an honor to teach you the word. God bless you. Amen. Amen.